fraud going on because they didn't say anything about it for the first two days. Correspondent Paula Reed is at the White House. Several advisors to President Trump tell CBS News the president is increasingly aware that he just cannot litigate his way to 270 electoral votes. But they also tell us the president wants to be seen as a fighter so he can continue to fundraise and pay down campaign debt. Torrents of tragedy in North Carolina. At least four people have been killed in massive flooding. Many are missing. Lindsay Reeves and her family are among the lucky. They were rescued from the water in Iridale. It was scary because it kept on rising. I'm glad we're out of there. Researchers are warning the Earth is past a point of no return when it comes to global warming. Correspondent Elaine Carr. Published in the British Journal of Scientific Reports, the study says the only way forward is to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. 33 gigatons would have to be captured and stored underground every year. However, some experts say the study is too limited and too theoretical, and the future isn't quite so gloomy. S&P futures are up 25. Dow futures ahead, 238. This is CBS News. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. That's healthy news for everyone. Only Eggland's Best. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. eBay has gifts that say a lot, but don't cost a lot. So save big on a DeWalt drill set for dad that says, let's get to work. Tell your all-star niece it's time for takeoff with Air Jordans at not-so-sky-high prices. And get a certified refurbished Bose soundbar for your husband that says, we're going to need a bigger home theater. Say a lot, save a lot on gifts from eBay for those who mean a lot. Japan puts a robot to work to scare away some wild beasts, complete with terrifying howls. The monster wolf is a scarecrow-like robot that has a shaggy body, four legs, and glowing red eyes. When the motion detector is activated, it moves its head, flashes the lights in its eyes, and projects up to 60 different sounds. Boyers reports the town of Takikawa in Japan purchased a few of them to scare away wild bears and said there have been no sightings of the animals since. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. A Macy's in Cincinnati is invoking the spirit of Charlie Brown. I'll take this little tree home and decorate it. Unlike the peanuts tree, Macy's is massive but just as mangy, and it's gone viral on social media. One user points out it looks like it's seen better days, but 2020's been hard for all of us. Words of advice from the great Mr. Brown? Brainson right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Do you check your Google search results regularly? You should. People often get their first impression of you or your business online. Negative comments on the Internet can impact your life and your livelihood. Take control of your online reputation. Get your free Reputation Report Card at ReputationDefender.com. It may reveal negative posts from an ex-employee, upset patient or client, news article, legal issue, or even exposed personal information right there in your Google search results. Uncover what's lurking on the Internet about you with ReputationDefender.com's patented scan and get your free Reputation Report Card. Or for immediate assistance with your reputation, call 800-401-6681. Our cutting-edge technology helps make your Google search results look their best. Call 800-401-6681. That's 800-401-6681. 800-401-6681. Or take the free scan at reputationdefender.com. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk crazy traffic laws, classic builds, and the history of the horn. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. When there's something strange looking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dust Busters! 
Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. The Athens Messenger provides interesting local news, keeps you entertained and informed, but what else? It empowers you by providing information to make the best possible decisions about life, community, and government issues. It supports democracy by providing facts to make informed decisions and keeps transparency in our community. It keeps the First Amendment alive. The Athens Messenger, your local trusted news source. Not a subscriber? Visit our website at AthensMessenger.com or call 740-592-6612, extension 1, to subscribe. Shot today at the drugstore at Oblenis, located on the first floor of the Cast Drop Center of Oblenis Hospital, 75 Hospital Drive, Athens. They have regular and high dose of flu shots available with no appointment needed. Other services are available, including free delivery to local areas. Please call Oblenis today to transfer your prescriptions. Dial 740-566-4690 to talk to one of their caring staff members. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH. Well, it was foggy earlier, but uh, most of that has burned away, except for the high points. It's a Friday, folks. TGIF and Yabba Dabba doing all of that. But we've got a guest today. A local author who's written a book entitled From the Mundane to the Macabre. Lori Taylor is her name. read a couple good reviews about this book, so uh, it's a pleasure to bring her on board, and let's just do it right now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. How are you? We're doing well. Listen, um, this whole um, thing, we, we got to take you way back to when you were a kid and stuff like that. Tell, tell, okay. tell me about yourself. Where, where were you raised? I was raised in uh, Gloucester, Ohio, in Oakdale. And By my mom and my grandma and my grandpa. My dad wasn't in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I have three brothers that live with us. And were they older or younger? No, I'm the oldest. Okay. They were all younger than me. They still are younger than me. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Um, so, Gloucester, right? It's a nice yeah. place. What, uh, what, what, what tripped your trigger in terms of you know, looking down the road in which you thought could be a way of making a living? Oh, well, I started out working at Little Italy when I was 16. And then I I bounced around from uh, Burger King to Hardee's. And then when I went to Kroger, I just stayed there. I've been with Kroger for almost 34 years. And, and you're still, started, still with them, right? Yes, yes. I started out at the Kroger in Gloucester. And then when they bought the food land store out in Trimble, I was with them. Uh-huh. Well, and now I work part-time for Easy Mart as well in Gloucester. Sure. Now, um, as I understand it, you at an early point in your life, you enjoyed writing. Oh, yes. I've always did. And then I had two teachers that kind of fueled that when I was in um, high school. Mm-hmm. 
and I'd taken online quizzes and stuff, but I never really did anything with it. And it was like later on, I thought, well, it'd be kind of nice to leave some, uh, we have book for the grandkids. We have five of them. And I thought, you know, I'd make, you know, have a book printed <clears throat> for them. And so I did through a place called 40-Hour Book in Akron. Mm-hmm. And then people got word that I did this, and they started wanting to buy copies. And then I had the outskirts get a hold of me, and they offered to put my book out in all these different places. And um, which they have, it's really amazing. And they offered me, you know, royalties off of it, which is great. Of course, I jumped on that, being an unknown. Mm-hmm. And the book is still dedicated to the grandkids and to my nieces and nephews. Now, are we are, are talking about a, a different book or the book that we're here to talk about today? The book that we're talking about today. Okay. Which, uh, once again, folks, the title is From the Mundane to the Macabre. Now, do you prefer the pronunciation macabre or macabre? I use macabre, but I, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, I looked it up last night and found out that it, either way is correct. Yes. Now, that's, that's, um, let's see here. Mundane. Let's that's, that's, uh, describe mundane. Mundane is lacking interest or excitement. Dull. Seeking a way out of his mundane humdrum existence. Similar words would be um, <clears throat> humdrum, dull, boring, tedious, monotonous, tiresome, wearisome, unexciting, uninteresting, uneventful, unremarkable, routine, Ordinary, everyday, common, and unusual. Now we mm-hmm. go. Now we go to macabre, right? Right. Similar. See, similar words would be gruesome, grisly, gory, morbid, ghastly, unearthly, lurid, grotesque, hideous, horrifying, horrendous, terrifying, frightening, frightful, fearsome, shocking, dreadful, appalling, loathsome. Repugnant, repulsive, sickening, weird, and simply sick. Now, from the mundane to the macabre. Um, how old were you when you wrote this? <laughs> I just started it three years ago. And I did. Forgive me for asking. I know it's impolite, but how old are you today? I'm fifty-six. Okay. So we're not too far apart. Now, um, what, what, um, this you did for your family. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of mundane and you think of macabre, how does that all mm-hmm. work into grandkids? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like my style. I just wanted to leave a book for them. It's something that they, when I'm going, that they would still have that I did for them. Right. I guess that's what it all boils down to. <laughs> and that sounded like a great title, because some of the stories, they start out pretty mundane, and then they start getting macabre. Mm-hmm. Now, now, these are a series of short stories. How many would a you series? say? Yes. How many? Um, I believe there's 28 or 29 in the book. Okay. Um, are these short reads, or do they take a day or so? No, they're short reads. Okay. Could it be a bathroom book? If you wanted to be one, a coffee table book. <laughs> it could just be something to light your bookcase with. Yeah. So, you know, what, what what kind of response have you had from it? I would say 99.9 has been great. My feedback on it has been great. It's got great reviews. There have been a couple that weren't so great, but they weren't bad either. One of them just didn't like not because it reminded him of the older TV shows from the 80s, like um, Tess and the Crypt and the Monsters series. Mm-hmm. Which didn't bother me because my husband thinks my stories sound like they're from the, you know, the old Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then uh, the other one didn't like my grammar and my dialogue. And I said, we don't speak perfect. I can't make my dialogue perfect grammar. And we don't talk that way. As a person, we don't have perfect grammar. Yeah, well, some some more perfect than others, of course. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think a book has to follow a grammatical path to be successful. 
it's it's the it's the, the story, you know. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought too. That yeah, it wasn't. It, uh, it was only in the dialogue where he had the issue. But uh, that's not a big deal either. I mean, neither one of those were bad. Well, they were. They weren't praising the book, but they weren't bad reviews. Now, how long ago did you first publish the book? Oh, the one that's out everywhere. The one that you got. I I don't um, have a copy of it. I'm sorry, I don't have a copy of it. But um, oh, I right. We picked it back up. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> we left it there for a few. Um, that one there. It's been published for like six weeks now. Six. I have weeks. no idea. Yeah, I have no idea how it's doing in sales. Well, it, it, listen, I mean, I went on the Internet, and in six weeks, if that's all you, the longer it's been out, I would say it's, it's doing rather well. Oh, that's wonderful. Because, I hope it is. Um, I found a number of things about it. Now, um, okay, so let's, let's pick um, a story. Okay. And um, you you kind of set the tone by describing it to us, and, and maybe it's not something we can read word for word, but you can tell us the story behind it, or not behind it, but in front of it. <laughs> so pick pick one that you think our audience might be um, interested in. Interested in okay. What should I pick? Uh, the back in time one. How about that? Okay. Okay, we based it off of an old um, railroad tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's what I wrote the story about. And um, this woman, she, she her and her husband hear about this on a, this tunnel that, you know, not too many people know of. They hear about it on the internet or read about it, I guess you should say. So they go, want to go there and explore it. Mm-hmm. So the Boy said he can't go with her, and so she goes alone. And when she goes through the tunnel, it's you know it's gray and dreary and rainy on the side she's on. When she comes out the other side, it's sunny and snowy, and then she sees people from you know a different generation and stuff. Oh. She's like, wow! So she tries to take pictures, and her camera doesn't work, and her phone camera doesn't work, and um, so she decides to leave. She wants to bring her boyfriend back there to see it. And when she's leaving, something goes up against her leg, a piece of paper, and she just picks it up and puts it in her pocket. Well, of course, her boyfriend doesn't believe that she saw any of that. And so she gets him to go back with her. And it's just like the you know, both ends of the tunnel are the same. And when they're leaving, she reaches her hand into her pocket and finds this piece of paper about a Christmas gala from 1872. So, you know, it proves that she was actually there. Mm-hmm. And... Um well, that's uh, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, well, it starts out kind of mundane, you know, boring her going there, and then she runs into these kids in that out there, and snow to you know, well, I thought, that's pretty good, I thought. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, um, you know, it would be kind of a pleasant experience, even. Mm-hmm. Now, the macabre, okay, that's a much darker topic. And, yeah. Um, and so, how frightening are some of your stories? To me, they're not frightening. But to other people, I've heard that they are. <laughs> I said that they are. And um, the publisher, she said that she got a chill out of a real fixer upper, which is about a woman that, you know, she buys a house and she's fixing it up, and the ghost already lives in the house. Mm hmm. Well, um, the ghost uh, interferes with her attempts to fix it up? Yeah, he does, and he tries to scare her out. Because he'd rather Um, occupy it alone. Yes, exactly. I see. Because it was his house. Yeah. I don't want to tell too much unless you really want me to. No, this is, you're you're a better judge at what we should talk about and what we shouldn't. But um, the point is, this is a, uh, uh, receiving some praise, your book, and yes, you should be proud of it. And, oh, yeah, uh, thank you. And so um, it's been out about six weeks. Folks, it's yes. available on Amazon and in any number of book sites. Right. Um, and, and locally. Yes. 
locally, don't uh, doesn't little professor have it? Um, he never called me back. I tried to get in down okay. there. There's a bookstore in Lancaster. Yeah. I can't think of the name of it right now, but she wants me to get her in copies, and she's asked me to do a book signing once COVID permits it. Yeah, sure. Well, um, so with the um, with the um, COVID thing, uh, the most uh, the easiest way to get a copy of it is through the internet. Yeah, it would be. Now, Barnes and Noble, you know, for them yeah. to have picked it up, that's kind of cool. Yes, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, um, Second Cells. It's on iBooks oh. and Google Play Books. Well, I would say... Walmart online has it. it Walmart you online. know, it, that doesn't happen unless they like it. So you're right. you're um, hitting a good mark on this first effort. Well, let's, let's, let's proceed on that a little bit. Do you... From the macabre... I'm sorry, from the mundane to the macabre is once the title. What the title? Once again, folks, our guest today is its author, Lori Taylor. And Lori spells her first name T-L-O-R-I. R-I. Mm-hmm. Real simple. Now, do you think uh, if you wrote your next book, it's going to be of a similar nature? Or is yeah, that's my genre. I mean, I kind of like always gravitate back in this there will be more short stories because I don't think I could actually sit down and write a solid novel, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. But uh, initially, at least, short stories. So the typical short story that you've written would take how long to read? Well, let's see. Like maybe 18 to 20 minutes. It's not very long. Yeah, that's neat. And then the shortest one would take probably less than five. Wow. Now, it's like a, that was like a micro story, real short. Now, are all of these coming from your imagination, or are some have a, a, a bit of actuality to them that was something you heard about in your lifetime or that sort of thing? Um, a couple of them is stuff I've heard about that I embellished on. And turn them into a story. Like the disappearance of Little You Was One. And um, there's a story my grandpa used to tell, a ghost story. Mm-hmm. And I put added it in there. What do they call that one? Nothing but time play, it was called. And then there's the one, The Cowboy and Me. is about. Do you remember a while back? And these people were shooting people's horses. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's like loosely based off of that. Okay. And of course, you know, there's a ghost in it. A couple of ghosts. There you go. Now, okay, so are you a believer in such things? Yes, I am. Okay. I sound kind of silly, but that's how we would grew up. My grandma, my grandpa, they were believers. It was kind of like passed on down. Um, there's a person or two that sometime I'd like to introduce you to that would probably just uh, be fascinating for you to meet. Oh, that'd be great. But um, in the meantime, um, so are you already starting on a second book? Um, two stories into it. Two into it, okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, One of them's about a doppelganger. A what? A doppelganger. And the other uh, is about a covered bridge. A doppelganger. Yes. I don't know that term. Uh, it's about your double. Oh. Like an evil double. Okay, I get it now. And the other one, you say a bridge? About a covered bridge, yes. I saw a TV reporter this morning. There was some place where there's a lot of high water, and they were out on the bridge, and right... Next to her, the concrete dropped into the river. Scared. That scary. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And they got out of there quickly. But, um, yeah, bridges are something. I. Well, um, 
what is a topic that um, what, what what kind of books do you like to read? Oh, I love Stephen King, Dean Koontz. That, that's my kind of book. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I kind of like gravitate toward those kind of movies and stuff also. Now, forgive me, are you married? Yes, I am. And what, what's your husband think of this uh, enterprise? Oh, he encourages it. Cool. Sometimes he gets tired of listening when I make him listen on reading. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he does, he listens. That's neat. And let's see, you have children too, right? They're green, yes. I have Carrie and Daniel are mine, and then Greta and Cole are my stepchildren, my best. But they're grown, you say? Yes, they're all grown. Okay. Well, I mean, is this a book that they would have their their kids read? Um, The book was right for their kids. <laughs> it for the grandkids. That's right, you so, said yeah, that. My, my granddaughters are 16 and 13. And they've already, you know, they've read it already. Mm-hmm. And then the grandsons, they're just little, so Greta put the up to the grandsons, John and Huntley. Mm-hmm. And then Abby's just a baby, so Daniel, my son's got her book. Well, I mean, is it, what I'm getting at, I guess, is um, is it is it a little bit too frightening for a certain age? Mm, probably for the younger ones, it would be. Okay. Well, um... What what um what do you what's your dream? What what do you what do you want to do with all of this? Well, of course, I would like to see it go you know, go somewhere. That'd be great. Well, it's got a good start. But um, I'm really glad. Yeah. Out of all that, that of would, this, that would be nice to mm-hmm. be able to get your stuff out there and get it recognized. Well, we're we're doing our little part to help with that, and yeah, I appreciate it. And um, but it's clearly uh, it's, it's, we're not alone in this. This is something that uh, uh, was it Google Books, something like that. I was reading some reviews, and it um, and then there's been some local reviews too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lorena Carlson, who I know very well, she wrote a very nice review. And, um, you know, I just, I've been um, in the arts most of my life, but not in this sense, you know. So I'm, it's not an area I know real well. And um, so I admire what you're doing. Well, thank you. Well, what, what are some other secrets that nobody else knows about you? That I'm hoping to retire here real soon from Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it's a bad job, but just because you'd like to be doing more of this, right? Right. Yeah. And the Kroger's that you work for, are we likely to see you in Athens, or is it a different one? Is it Trimble. Okay. Trimble. I know where it is then. Um, so, let's see here. What? Um, tell me, um, I mean, do you think at night, like when you're about to go to sleep, of some weird story. Sometimes it happens that way. Other times I'll be reading, like a news article or something online, and I think, well, hey, I could put a little twist of that, and I could get it, you know, make a good story out of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just something I see. Give me a Think, think of an example. Well, Not like the disappearance you- of Lydia Stoneman. That one, for example. I was reading about that girl that disappeared back in the 80s. Okay. When she was taken. Mm-hmm. I guess she was taken. The little blonde girl. Well, I can't think of her name right now. It's not coming to me. But I thought, well, that would make a good story. I just put my own twist to it, and I didn't use her. I don't know exactly what happened to her, mm-hmm. but I made up what happened in my story. Is that what you was looking for? Well, that, that, that's the concept, yes. So, um... You know, there's there's a, a an actual story, and without it being about the actual people, you could still use the concepts, mm-hmm. and 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 make this um, story. Now, right. um, 
Well, then sometimes it's like a picture. Like, I belong to some paranormal groups that I just, to get ideas. And I look at the pictures and I think, well, I could use something like that. Now, paranormal. Okay. Give us a few examples of paranormal C. <sighs> well, let's see. There's, there's, when the things move on their own and that, that's paranormal. Okay. Um, noises with no explanation. I guess even Bigfoot would be kind of paranormal because nobody really knows. You know, they believe he exists, but nobody's got proof. What was it? I say, I guess even Bigfoot, if you wanted to, you'd classify him as that way. I still didn't get the name. Bigfoot? Oh, Bigfoot, yes. Yeah, okay. I guess, yes, you could call it. Or UFOs, even. Okay, now tell me what this thing is with Mothman. <laughs> recently, was- recently, there have been signs popping up in my neighborhood about Mothman. Now, what's that all about? Well, I didn't know there were signs popping up, but um, that was from the bridge collapse a long time ago. Down in Point Pleasant? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know there were signs popping up. It's not time for the festival. They have a Mothman festival. Huh. And we've been to that. They've got a big statue of him there, too. And there's a museum. There's a museum. And then, um, but I mean, I don't understand why in my neighborhood, which is what they call the far east end of Athens, uh, people just in their yards, just like they've had political signs, have Mothman signs. I have no idea. That's the first I've heard of it. Okay. Well, I don't know if they're saying uh, times are bad or what, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fitting, kind of, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I guess so. And it's maybe fitting that we're having this show on Friday the 13th, isn't it? That's a good time, yeah. Yeah. So, let's see here. How how strongly do you believe in the concept of Friday the 13th? Uh, not real. I yeah. mean, sure, bad things can happen, but they'll happen any time. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one that uh, particularly focuses on it. Uh, being a radio station, of course, we mention it because, you know, it has a long reputation. Oh, it does, yeah. Friday the 13th. Well, let's see here. It has, it has any other style of um, writing um, also been of interest to you? Or do you think that's something yet to come? That's probably yet to come, because for as long as I can remember, this is the type of thing I've done. My stories have always focused on this kind of, and it sounds crazy, but it's true. I always focus that way. (laughs) Now, um, you know, down, down at our Southeast Ohio History Center, what is that, Congress and State? Chuck, uh, Chuck, sorry, uh, Scott. Yes. Corner, it used to be a church. Yes. Uh, they are also known for selling local books. Oh, are they? Yeah, so um, I know my father's book is down there. And uh, my father's book, uh, which was actually done by the College of uh, School of Journalism, Ralph Izzard and... Uh, Alvy McWilliams, I think. Anyway, they edited and published the book. And it's a collection of my dad's daily commentaries. And um, so that's that's for sale there. And there's other local books for sale there. So you might want to talk to uh, their gift shop people there and see if that would be of interest to them. Yeah, I think I will. Well, um... The Thank you. Sure. Um, do you have a timetable in mind for when you might have number two out? I'm hoping for next year. Okay. 
And has this, um, I know it's early, but has this been profitable? I don't know yet. Okay, too early to I did pretty. I did pretty good when I was, you know, selling the original on my own. I did pretty good with that one, mm-hmm. but I don't know about this one yet. So They don't pay the quarter. Yeah, they pay quarterly, so I have no idea even how many books I've sold yet. Okay. Well, if someone wanted to grab a copy early, uh, like right away, uh, could they do so somewhere? Um, I have a couple copies if they wanted to get in touch with me. And if you don't mind, tell me how they would do so. Um, they can email me at Lori underscore 64 at NelsonvilleTV.com, or they can call me at 740-517-1432. I'm still back on the Lori underscore. Uh, All 64. <laughs> and Lori underscore Okay. So um, that doesn't imply that you work for Nelsonville TV. It's just no. they have. That's where my internet's through. Okay, yes. I see. And then the phone number again? It's 740 517. One, four, three, two. Okay. Well, I, I think, um, you know, it takes some, what do I want to call it, guts? I think I will. Uh, okay. to, to publish a book. Uh, particularly something that's, um, art in nature, rather than, um, Factual stuff. Right. Um, and I, I just think it's interesting that you've jumped out there and you've done it. And it seems to be well received. And uh, at 56 or whatever you said you were, you got plenty of time to do some more. So I'm looking forward to having you on the air again down the road. Oh, thank you. So, uh, I look forward to being on the air. (laughs) Keep us informed, and um, um, and I'd like to meet you sometime. So, let's do that. All right, sounds great. Okay, well, Lori Taylor, folks, the book is entitled "From the Mundane to the Macabre." Um, it's available, Lori, help me one more time, at the following places. Where? Okay, um, you can get it on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. You can get it at iBooks, Google Play, Second Cells. Oh, there but I haven't found it on eBay lately. Okay. And, and Walmart. I can't forget Walmart Online's got it. Okay. Is it a hard cover or a soft cover or what? It's a soft with a soft cover. Okay, no problem. Um, and um, who helped you get the actual printing done? Did Ohio University was, assist in any way? No. Okay. Nope, I just did this all on my own. Through okay. it, and I used the outskirts, they're the ones that put it out for me. Good. Well, we wish you much success. Keep us informed. We'll follow your new career. And um, and just keep us informed. But uh, I love the title, From the Mundane to the Macabre. I mean, you know, you're talking about two really extremely different areas. Right. And um, so just keep up the good work. All right? Well, thank you. Okay. All right, thanks for having me. Lori, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we are 970, folks, and uh, let's see, it's a Friday edition. We have about uh, 19 minutes left in today's program, which, of course, allows time for guess what? <laughs> eh. Art turf. Mercy, oh, my. Okay. I-N-E-P-G. tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coaches, we approach this final regular season football game. Your inept football team 
going in at 0-9, 0-4 in the conference. And I do want to point out before we go any further that uh, Nat's uh, team over to Bungle State is exactly the same as we are. We, you know, they 0-9 and 0-4 in the conference, so something's got to give in this ball game. And as you said yesterday, it's uh, a game where you can just throw out all the records. Well, that's right. You know, we come down to these traditional rivals. It don't make no difference at all what you've done in the past. You can throw all the records out the record book. All them statistics doesn't count for a lick. All them players out there just nameless faces. They're just putting on the uniforms. Doesn't matter at all what kind of numbers they wear on their jerseys or nothing. It's just like all them traditional rivalries you can talk about. You got your armies and your navies. You got your Harvards and your Yales. You got your East Cupcakes and your West Cupcakes. It's just like all them traditional fierce rivals because it might even come down to a coin toss. Well, we were talking yesterday about some of the famous games in the past. Let's go back a few years to 1953 in a historic ball game. Well, boy, you know, 1953, you are reaching back there. That is a ways back, but that was a, a real uh, historic ball game. You know, uh, Brother Nat had a real fine ball team over to Bungle State that year. He had a lot of real fine running backs, and they must have broke loose with a lot of 60, 70, 80-yard runs that year. And I remember, uh, especially after one play in that ball game, uh, one of his running backs had gone 63 yards for a touchdown. And after that play was over, old Nat hollered across the field. He said, hey, Art, you see that 63-yard touchdown run? Well, wait till next time we get the ball. You're going to see the same thing again. And did you see the same play again? Well, I'm afraid we did, even though we know it was coming. You know, that boy runs 63 yards for a touchdown again, and, and that's uh, where that, that phrase instant replay comes from. Another bit of football terminology that originated in the inept tech Bungle State rivalry. And no extra charge for that one. It ain't even midweek. And I'll be back with more from Coach Art Turf right after we pause for this message. And uh, this, uh, this program today brought to you by Goodwill. How about that? It will be brother against brother this week as Inept Tech faces Bungle State. And Coach Turf, you've faced your brother Nat Turf numerous times in the past, although it has happened in college football. It's unusual to have brothers coaching in the same conference. I was wondering about your all-time record against your brother Nat. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up. That's a real fine question. I was just thinking about that, you know, while you was ask, asking it. That, you know, uh, Brother Nat uh, was the first one to get a bicycle, and he was the first one to get a football helmet, and he was the first one to get a skateboard, and he was the first one to get an electric train. And anytime we'd play a game, he'd win. You know, we'd play chess, he'd win. We'd play uh, checkers, he'd win. We played marbles, and he'd win. And he reminds me about that record. We zip, and ever how many we played against my brother Nat, I never have been able to beat him in anything. And he reminds me about about it every Christmas when he sends me a Christmas card. What does the uh, card contain, Coach? Well, it has the all-time series record in there, and uh, he reminds me that uh, he's the one that caused me to lose my marbles. say yabba dabba do yet uh you did yesterday okay <laughs> you want to do it today it's friday folks yabba dabba do yeah, there we go there we go it's official um <laughs> we started to uh, discuss a story yesterday about uh, this uh, this is a nationwide study and it's entitled the 50 cheapest places to retire across america um Retiring on a tight budget is, unfortunately, the norm. A recent Go Banking Rates survey found that about 42% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. However, a small nest egg can be stretched further if you retire to one of the cheapest cities in the country. But when considering where to retire, only 22% of Americans choose to move based on the potential to save money on housing and taxes. Another Go Banking Rates survey found not considering the cost of living can really hurt your ability to thrive in retirement. So, 
Choosing an affordable place to retire is vital. So to pinpoint the cheapest places to retire, Go Banking Rates analyzed and ranked the 100 largest cities in America based on the annual retirement income needed. To cover uh, basic costs, including housing, health care, groceries, transportation, and utilities. We also rated cities based on their livability and only considered cities where the percentage of seniors in the population was 9.5% or higher. Take a look and see why these are there places where you don't need to be a millionaire to retire? The study was done uh, in uh, the last day of October, or finished, I should say, then. Okay, so they studied all of these cities. <clears throat> Coming in number 50th is Nashville. Forty ninth, St. Paul, Minnesota, forty eighth, Bakerfield, California, forty seventh, Tampa, forty sixth, Arlington, Texas, forty fifth, New Orleans. Forty-fourth, Fresno, California. Forty-third, Dallas, Texas. Let me get my fingers to separate the pages here. Forty-second, St. Petersburg. Forty-first, Fort Worth, Texas. 40th, Charlotte, North Carolina. 39th, Houston. 38th, Lawrenceville, Georgia. 37th, Durham, North Carolina. 36th, Norfolk, Virginia. 35th is Tallahassee, 34th Baton Rouge, 33rd Jacksonville, 32nd Tucson, Arizona, 31st Albuquerque, okay, let me just pause there. I do like Albuquerque. But could I consider retiring and moving to Albuquerque? I don't think so. After living in Athens for 47 years or whatever it's been. My roots are so deep here. The number of people I know and care about are so deep here. Well, let's keep going. Spokane, Washington comes in 30th. San Antonio, Texas, 29th. Lincoln, Nebraska, 28th. Louisville, Kentucky, 27th. Lexington, Kentucky, 26th. Lexington is another city I really like. Omaha, 25th, Pittsburgh, 24th, 
Knoxville, Tennessee, 23rd. Pensacola, Florida, 22nd. Kansas City, Missouri, 21st. Oklahoma City, 20th. Corpus Christi, Texas, 19th. Columbia, South Carolina, 18th. We mentioned this a few days ago when we just did a short version of this report. But coming in 17th, Cincinnati. Interesting. Now, let's, let's, uh, let me just do one comparison now that we've gotten to an Ohio City. Okay, so they said that the 50th was Nashville, Tennessee. Let's just compare Nashville to Cincinnati. Okay. So what they've done is typical total annual expenditures. They're saying it will typically cost $54,496 annually to live in Nashville, Tennessee. Fifty-four-four. To live in Cincinnati, it's forty-four-five. So, about a ten thousand dollars savings. Percentage of seniors in Nashville, eleven point two percent. Seniors in Cincinnati, 11.9%. Livability, in other words, nice things about the town. 69 in um, Tennessee, 68 in Cincinnati. Not bad. Okay, let's keep going here. Tulsa, Oklahoma, 16th. Milwaukee, 15th. Here we go. Columbus, 14th. The dollar amount to live in Columbus is identical to that of Cincinnati. That is to say, 44588 annually. Percentage of seniors, a little bit less, 10%. Livability score, 76. So they say it's a little bit nicer place to live than Cincinnati or Nashville. Mobile, Alabama, 13th. St. Louis, 12th. Indianapolis, 11th. Mobile is a pretty cool place. I played baseball there. It's a nice city. 15.5% mm-hmm. of the population already are seniors. It's about $1,000 left less than Columbus to live there annually. Is Mobile's a cheap place to retire near the beach? Yes, it is. It is right there on the golf coach coast. Beach. Median, median home value is one hundred and twenty thousand four hundred. Yeah. St. Louis comes in twelfth. Indianapolis eleventh. Winston Salem, North Carolina, tenth. El Paso. Texas, 9th. Wichita, Kansas, 8th. Lubbock, Texas, 7th. Memphis, Tennessee, 6th. Greensboro, North Carolina, 5th. Fort Wayne, Indiana, 4th. Buffalo, New York, 3rd. Toledo, Ohio, comes in 2nd. Let's give their stats. 
Total annual expenditures average, 38.6. We were at 48.6 in... Um, well, whatever city we last looked at that we made this... <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Cleveland comes in first. Yeah, that's still amazing to me. Cost of living... 38,100 a year. The median home value 553. 13.3% of the population already are seniors. In terms of livability, they've got it listed at 61, a score of 61. Not bad. Yeah. And I do like Cleveland. Oh, yeah. There's, there are some neat things there, some fun things to do. Get the Indians, the Browns, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You have parks, amusement parks nearby. You got Lake Erie in the summertime. A lot of people from here I know, they, they migrate up there to go fishing right. in the summer. They've got lake homes they enjoy up there. But I just, I've been there in the winter time too. And oh, it's tough. My goodness, is it cold. I have been to a few Browns games in, in the winter time. I mean, January. Mm-hmm. Mm. You could be sitting there, sun be shining, first quarter, and then by halftime, there'd be six inches of snow on the ground <laughs> from the lake effect. I, um, Cleveland is very close to my family. Um, I think I've mentioned over and over how the name Hopkins up in Cleveland is very well known. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's my uncle who has passed now, Dean Hopkins. Um, I spent a lot of time at that Clifton Beach there in Lakewood (laughs) with my cousins. Folks, we have less than a minute left. Um, I want you to have a very safe weekend. I want you to be aware of the government's, um, rather the governor's recommendations to uh, mask up, mask up, extra care. We're having a short meeting here today at uh, noon, and uh, the half dozen people or so that are supposed to attend will mask up. Um, Speaking of, the Ohio State football game has been canceled tomorrow because of uh, COVID issues within the Maryland program. Yeah. So no Ohio State football tomorrow on 970. And do we have uh, any OU stuff going? No, Bobcats uh, will not play until, I believe, Wednesday. Okay. Well, be careful out there, folks, and uh, take care of one another, right? Yes. And if there's somebody that you know that's struggling, get a hold of them and see if you can help. Have a wonderful day. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by eBay. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The number of new coronavirus cases in the U.S. is rising into uncharted territory. There were another 153,000 yesterday, a new record. States are imposing new restrictions. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. That's where we're headed, folks. Total lockdown if we don't start to get more serious and follow the rules. Hospitalizations in her state are the highest they've been since May, doubling over the last couple of weeks. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. If we don't have any hospital space to deal with, then you have to start making some very, very difficult decisions that you don't want to have to make. Medical leaders in Michigan say the rate of hospitalizations there is doubling every two weeks. The head of Brown University School of Public Health, Dr. Ashish Jha, is warning COVID testing can't keep up. 
Correspondent David Begnaud. They've been closing early because they're running out of tests. And a lot of labs around this country are telling testing sites, hey, listen, don't go over what we agreed to because we're going to start getting backed up and we may have delays in testing like we had earlier on in the pandemic. To complicate matters, Microsoft says hackers working for the Russian and North Korean governments have been targeting more than a half dozen organizations that are working on COVID-19 treatments and a vaccine. Microsoft says the attacks were unsuccessful. Chinese state-backed hackers have also targeted vaccine makers, and the U.S. has announced criminal charges. Correspondent Cammie McCormick. President-elect Biden's added 11 electoral votes from Arizona to his victory, but the Trump administration is still refusing him intelligence briefings. Former President Obama spoke to 60 Minutes' Scott Pelley. I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring in this fashion. The president's trade advisor, Peter Navarro, digging in his heels on Fox Business. We're moving forward here at the White House under uh, the assumption that there will be a second uh, Trump term. Hear all of what former President Obama has to say on CBS Sunday Morning and 60 Minutes this weekend. Are you worried about your airline benefits? CBS's Elaine Cobb says there's a new offer. Not many people are getting to use their frequent flyer miles this year, so one airline is allowing customers to trade them in for COVID-19 home test kits. Hawaiian Airlines is offering them to anyone with 14,000 miles or more. The saliva test is done at home, then sent to a lab, and results are back a day or two later. The Dow is up 233 points in early trading. The S&P is ahead 27. This is CBS News. Gifts from eBay say a lot, but don't cost a lot. Get your all-star Air Jordans at not-so-sky-high prices and your rock star dad a Bose soundbar that speaks volumes. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone's waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, oh, there you are. This has been the sounds of the old world. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty.